Welcome to Toadstools and Garlic Cloves. I am your host, Dorothy, joined monthly by my co-host, Samantha, and I invite you to join us as we hunt down cryptids, explore the paranormal, and dive into lore from around the globe. So sit back and relax as I lead you on a weekly adventure of this strange and creepy world that we call home. Welcome to episode one of Toadstools and Garlic Cloves. So, what is this podcast all about? (laughs) Well, it's about cryptids. It's about the paranormal. It's about creepy history. And let's throw in some lore just to be safe. So really what we're doing is um, exploring a new country and state every episode and diving into the creepy and spooky haunts that plague areas known and unknown around the world. That being said, I know on the first episode, people like to introduce themselves and say, how did I get into this? Well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into episode one and just get on with it. So (laughs) where in the world are we today? Well, thank you for asking. Where in the world are we today? We're in Bodie State Park at an old gold mining town It's a ghost town located in California, so I decided to pick this town just because it is one of the biggest ghost towns and most famous ghost towns in California, but also I am from California, and I've been here. It's about an hour or two away from where I grew up. That being said, I don't remember ever visiting. I remember the pictures, but I was so young that I don't really remember much. I've been to a few other ghost towns, and rundown missionaries and things like that in California, which are really popular. But this one kind of slips my uh, memory, so to speak. So there are over 300 ghost towns in California, and per definition, a ghost town is an abandoned or nearly deserted village, town, or city with visible roads or remaining buildings. Really, any type of infrastructure, wow, you're going to get used to this, me not being able to say words. So, infrastructure. We're going to go with that. So, (laughs) these places are almost always abandoned because of the overuse of whatever natural resource that the town or village or city um, exploited for business purposes. Oh, editor, right here. Take out the blank space, the dead space as I scroll down through my notes. Okay, Bodie, California was a boom town in 1876 after the discovery of gold and silver. Of course, it's a mining town, it's California, there's gold everywhere. In 1879, the population was 5,000 to 7,000 people, almost up to 10,000 in some censuses, which, I mean, that sounds about right. And by 1915, it was a ghost town. So, right now, Bodie, California is a National Historical Landmark. It's a California Historical Landmark. And it is a um, historical park that averages around 200,000 visitors a year. Except for this year because of COVID-19. Thank you very much. (laughs) A little history. This was a little mining town starting in 1859, and it was named after one of the original prospectors that actually died in a blizzard up there. Now, I 
do know I said California. Most people think, oh, mining town, California, probably Southern California. No, this is in the Sierra Nevadas, over 8,000 feet. So they do have blizzards up there. I can attest, considering the fact that I grew up there, there are four seasons. It does get snowy. That being said, it also remained off the radar until about 1876 when a huge line of gold bearing ore was discovered. And that was discovered in a mine, not in any rivers or anything like that. Over the years, the operation of the Bodium mines produced over through, what is that word that I'm looking at? $35 million in gold. That's a lot. This town, it was a... Um, old historical town so it had all the fixings but it had a wells fargo bank can't have a town without that um four volunteer fire companies which i feel is a little overkill but half the town did burn down twice so maybe it wasn't overkill there was a railroad a railroad wow i can't say words a miners union because unions have been around for so long so so long um, and at its peak, it had 65 saloons. Now, this is a California or southwest town right there. You gotta have a saloon literally on every corner. They also had a red light district, opium dens, hardware stores, and over 22 operating mines. Now, as all mining towns are, and as all Wild West Southwest towns are... They had regular occurrences of murders, shootouts, brawls, and stagecoach holdups. Okay. So, growing up, we used to go to these towns all the time, um, which was really fun. And I remember one, it wasn't Bodie. I think it was in a town a little bit past where I grew up, where we got to interact and do some uh, historical interactions, where we got to see the people working the town seeing how everything would work and we got to pay for a realistic stagecoach hold up which was it was fun um i've got to say that if you've ever been to or will ever be down in the southwest or california or anything like that definitely go to these old towns and those old towny reenactments because they are pretty damn fun um just don't bring your own gun because you might shoot someone by accident in a reactment. Just don't do that. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Bodie, California is... Let's get back to the podcast. Okay. Um, Bodie, California is said to be one of the gold rush's most dangerous town with up to six shootings a week and earned its nickname of Big Bad Bodie. So there is that. I kind of like it. So, unfortunately, it started its decline in the 1913s to the 1915s, and in 1920, the population was 120 people, and by the 1940s, only three people remained. So, when I was reading up on this, it looked like a lot of the property was owned by the Kane family, and that was up into the 1940s, and the three people that were remaining there were caretakers of that property. So that's kind of cool. Right now, it's an authentic Wild West ghost town. 
It has 170 buildings remaining, and Bodhi holds the title of, get this, California's official state gold rush gold town, ghost town, and is one of California's most preserved ghost towns. So they offer ghost walks, which are fun. I mean, I did one or two when I was in California. I've also done a couple when I was in Arizona, and I did one the other uh, beginning of this year, I wanted to say. Yeah, beginning of this year in uh, Mass, Salem. Um, that was really fun. So those uh, ghost town tours are really fun, but they offer ghost walks, ghost mill stories, cemetery tours, which are always fun also, and star stories. So I don't know really what they talk about with the star stories. I'm guessing they just talk about the constellations. Southwest California, they have some of the best non-polluted skies and uh, night skies night sky observatories out there so they're really good for staring at the stars um there is no camping or active hotels in Bodhi so you cannot stay the night there so you can't chill with the ghosts um what can I say about that it looks like this podcast is actually going to be pretty short because I was looking up the ghosts and the Bodhi curse and it looks like they're isn't much on it. I was thinking, oh, it's a ghost town. It's one of California's most prolific, 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 that's the word I'm looking for, prolific ghost town in the biggest one, and I could barely find any stories on it. So ghost town versus is it haunted? Mm, That's a good question. The Bodhi curse. Now this is something that people talk about a lot. I was looking it up. People are like, oh my god, if you take something, then you'll have bad luck and health problems and mysterious accidents. I'm just looking at my notes right now and actually, you know, I'm really bad at apparently grammar and writing because I said promised bad lick. So maybe that can get started where I just say, hey, go to Bodhi. You'll get licked by a ghost. That's not actually happening, but that'd be kind of cool-ish. I mean, it'd be a story to tell people. But the Bodhi curse, talked about by a lot, here's the deal. It's kind of like Bigfoot. Uh, Someone played a prank, and then it got blown out of hand, and now everyone believes it and doesn't believe the truth. So the Bodhi curse was actually invented by rangers who live up there uh, year-round, and take care of the residents up, not the residents, the um, buildings up there, and they take care of the maintenance and things like that. So the Bodhi curse was invented by a ranger, and it kind of took a life of its own. People started believing in it, as people do, and basically the curse was if you take anything, then you'll be cursed with bad luck, health problems, serious accidents, maybe some ghosts will follow you home and lick you on the neck or something. No, that's a joke. They don't do that. <laughs> People would just send the items back and even send apology letters. Um, right now, there's a booklet of all the apologies letters that people, or so the rangers get weekly 
to include whatever the person took, whether it is a piece of ceramic that was laying on the ground, um, a stone, anything like that, people will send it back because after they take it, they just have bad luck or health problems or some sort of mysterious accident and they just blame it on the Bodhi curse, which, I mean, why not? Like I said, this was Ranger invented and it just took a life of its own. So let's move on to the ghosts. So really, I wasn't able to find that much, which kind of sucks because I was like, oh, it's a ghost town. There'll be a lot of things, but I did not do my homework for this first episode. Um, one of the most prolific and talked about um, accounts of ghost sightings um is, oh, I'm sorry, the most well-known ghost story is back from the 1800s, where a man named Ed got in a drunken rage, and he murdered his Native American wife, shot her in the boob, because, you know, that's exactly where people want to be shot, and she ended up dying in a hospital a few days later. But because of that, um, three to six, yeah, three to six men took the law into their own hands because remember this is an old mining town in the 1800s they didn't really have that much law enforcement which is also i mean really cool because a white man murdering a native american woman um kind of really could get away with it and they still get away with it today but that's not something you're going to get into um just the fact that three to six men were like, hey, that's not cool. We're going to hunt you down. Strapped him up and tossed him in a river and he drowned. And unfortunately, it is said that he came back. So his spirit came back to take revenge on his murderers, which really, come on, bro. You're a murderer yourself. So kind of tit for tat right there. Um... He should have been like, hey, yeah, I fucked up. But no, his spirit was like, no, I must revenge my murder. He killed three out of the six people. One was some weird gash and another was a brain hemorrhage. But really, it was only three. So that could have been a weird coincidence. Definitely in that time, in that age, people were dying all the time. And or it could have just been them just dying um, just building it up to a more of a guilty conscience, really. That was the most well-known ghost story. His spirit isn't there anymore. It's just a ghost story. The other one is, um, they talk about civic-minded ghosts, which help the rangers out at the park, which really, I mean, free labor. Why not? I wouldn't complain about that, but they say they keep an eye on the historical stuff. It talks about the curse, which we already talked about being non-existent because a ranger did make it up. So I'm kind of tossing that one off the board as a uh, civic-minded ghost. I don't think those really exist. The next one is John Kane's former maid slash possible mistress. So they did have lots of Chinese migrants and they had Chinatown there and you would think they would be used 
in the mines and things like that but actually the only miners were white and men so a lot of the people in chinatown just did housekeeping and uh man the stores and things like that john kane like i mentioned earlier the canes owned a lot of the land so they were very rich at this time apparently his former maid is said to haunt the property after she took her own life now that being said there's also reports that she actually just got kicked out of the house at night during the winter time by kane's wife and she ended up freezing to death so i don't know if she actually took her own life but it looks like she is not one of those engaging ghosts. She just kind of stares out at you as people pass by, which is where most of the ghosts, that's kind of what most of the ghosts are doing in this town that I could find. Just a lot of staring at you from the buildings. I mean, really, as far as ghosts go, those are kind of the ones I like. That being said... I did find out that the rangers that do live up there year-round choose not to bunk at the cane house anymore because they're too freaked out and that's the most haunted. And there was once a class trip. I cannot find the year, but it was within the last four years. They took 18 different photos from 18 different cameras and they developed blank photos. So I found that a little weird. I found that in one source and that's the other thing is that a lot of these weren't like this source said the same thing as the two other sources it was just one source said this and one source said this so that kind of makes me a little um apprehensive getting back to the ghost there are reports of disembodied voices legends of a white mule that haunts the ground which really why is there a mule haunting the ground? What did it do in its life to make it so the ghost can't move on? It's a freaking mule. Like, did it bite people? I don't know. I feel bad for the mule. Like, I would go there and be like, hey, move on, please. You're a good mule. I don't know. Really, I don't like it. I don't, I just don't like it when animals are haunting grounds because that's like, were you a bad animal? That can't be possible. Animals are good. <laughs> besides that there's the disembodied voices the children's laughter and reports of ghostly italian cooking which that is some kind of torture right there where you can smell the ghostly italian cooking but you can't eat it just makes you crave it you're just like oh i want pasta oh crap now i want olive garden oh that's americanized italian cooking uh no um yeah that's the real torture right there italian ghost cooking freaking awesome again i honestly would take that over being like touched or scratched or anything like that which happens in a lot of other ghost stories so really i like it i would take it um there's also a cemetery of course there would be a cemetery one of the ghosts in the cemetery is told to be of a three-year-old. Oh, poor little three-year-old. Like, again, what did she do to keep her here as a ghost? Um, so there's a three-year-old, Evelyn Myers, who was accidentally struck in the head by a pickaxe. 
and she is known for interacting with visitors, um, young children when they're in the cemetery. And that that's really all I got on that. Um, there's several accounts of ghosts sitting at the ends of the Spencer Gregory house beds, which is where the park rangers stay. And they leave hand and leg imprints on the quilt. But really, like I mentioned before, there has not been much stuff I could find on the ghosts at this ghost town. So, unfortunately, this is going to be a very short episode. But, I mean, it is episode one. So, why not? You can fast forward through this, but some references. Of course, there is wiki. Because we gotta love wiki. Parks.com ca.gov, citylab.com, kqed.org, how this this course backfired, course, curse backfired on the park rangers, yeah, because they made it up and now everyone believes it, ghost.hauntedhouse.com, and then I was trying to find some things on YouTube, but the only thing I could find was Bodie, California, the curse and ghost stories of a real ghost town. And then lastly, I visited mammoth.com, blogs, Bodhi walking ghost tour. So that being said, that's kind of all I have to say on Bodhi, California, besides the fact that I really love ghost towns. That being said, ghost towns do not mean haunted. It just means that they are a town that was abandoned or is nearly deserted. I'm pretty sure there's probably a lot more ghost stories going on out there for this town. It's one of the most prolific. I know that they have tours all the time. Would I go there? Heck yeah. Have I been there? Heck yeah. Do I remember? No. I did choose California because, let's face it, I was born and raised there. I thought it'd be fun to start there, to start my podcast off. So, you know, really, I just got on my laptop, Googled some stuff. Stuff I found was not good enough. How does one end a solo podcast? Well, goodbye. Hopefully I'll see you next week. Hopefully this isn't too short for you. And remember, once a month, I will be joined by another person who will talk to me face to face or Skype to Skype because, you know, we are in a pandemic currently. Um, So we got to maintain that social distancing. Hopefully everyone's out there staying safe. So thank you for tuning in to Toadstools and Garlic Cloves, episode one. Hopefully I'll be hearing from you. Um, Oh, wait, no, I'm not done yet. Got to insert the plugs, don't I? So you can find us really anywhere where our podcasts are broadcasted. Is that the word I'm looking for? We're going to go with it. You can also find me on Instagram at toadstools and garlic cloves. Please like and comment and DM me if you have any ghost stories or hell if you want to be a ghost host oh if you want to be a ghost host if you are a ghost please DM me no if you want to be a co-host for uh, a show I'll totally talk to you via Skype you can also email me if you want toadstoolsandgarlickcloves at gmail.com and hopefully I'll be talking to you next week have fun and stay safe
Bye.